Dan, Keith, I, I just got this message, guys. And I actually, I, th- I think it's the butcher. And he's, he's coming at me pretty hard. I didn't know that he'd be listening. I don't know if it's right that we put that out there on the airwaves. Got back in touch with my agent. It was a no for him. And I'm holed up. I don't want to leave. I'm running low on ramen noodles. I don't know how much longer I can survive here with this threat over my head. Guys, need your input. Need your protection, probably more than anything, based on what this guy is is saying to me. Guys, help. Help me, guys. Dzień dobry. This is message from Mr. Neil Hlavati and two clowns from Backwards Forwards podcast. My friends in Białystok and I, we are not very happy when we listen latest episode. We uh, remember things very differently. We think you should too, Mr. Neil. You did not appreciate free taxi rides, free herring at team breakfast. This lack of appreciation very disappointing us. We expect better, and we were looking forward to talk with you on this topic in person when we come to visit Gimme Some Truth Studio, corner of Monroe and Glenvey. Yes, we are now this address. We see you soon, Mr. Neil. Dovidzenia. Welcome back to the Forwards Backwards Pod. As always, we welcome visitors to watch us today's show style at the Gimme Some Truth Studios at the undisclosed location at the corner of Monroe and Glenway. Uh, mostly as witnesses to our murder at this point, if nothing else, Dan. Uh, seems like the apostrophe is no longer our biggest worry. Uh, no, it would be that we um, can't seem to win at home. Um, we are still languishing in fourth place. Not the best performance. I don't want to mention anything about the fact that Neil has sicked the Butcher of Gdansk oh, on us. Well, I... I we're going to keep mentioning. I, I think we should stop uh, tempting fate by mentioning um, said butcher's name on air. Uh, that seems fair. As always, I'm Keith Ponywas, uh, joined by the Beavis to my butthead, Dan Fallon. Uh, to recap last week's 1-1 draw in the Battle of the Birds, Elizabeth Riley is also here of the Offside Soccer Blog. We're going to talk about uh, today in Ford Madison history with her. Also talk a little bit about the origins of her blog. And then finally... And her uh, origin story in soccer, I think. It goes beyond just uh, Ford Madison. Well, and then there was a Marvel reference, so maybe we just want to get into her origin story, period. Um, You know, there was a radioactive spider somewhere in the past that, you know, got her into soccer. Uh, and my wife will be very upset if I don't ask about uh, her hometown because of the connection to Glee, possibly. She's rolling her eyes. So we'll get into that, too. And, and then finally, uh, Neil Hovati joins us. I think it's from an undisclosed location this week. Uh, he's going to talk with us about lower league road trips, especially as the quote-unquote eruption, Dan, is uh, taking place, getting underway this year. Yeah, well, you tried to get me to talk about this last week, and I was fully embargoed from talking about the trip. And this week, I can't talk in too much detail because um, there's also a a, a butcher of Middleton whose first name rhymes with tuba, who has sworn me to secrecy about some of the details of the trip. But yes, 
there will be a minibus leaving Madison sometime this week um, that will end in Richmond, where it will go in between. Who knows? It's just like, you know, Ken Kesey, get on the bus, tune in, drop out, see where you go, see what happens along the way, see who you meet. Who you meet. Um, I promised Floor Mingos, who may actually be there, that I would make a, a dead reference, and I just want to say the bus came by, and I got on. That's where it all began. It was Coach Neal at the wheel, a bus to Never Everland. Wow. That so, was pretty good. You let me drive. That's awesome, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've seen you go up the hill. I think you're okay. He promoted you to manager last week. Now just, you're driving just the so, bus. Just because I wanted to speak to my manager. I, I had complaints. Again, thank you. Yeah. I've got complaints. So what's weekend. going on with this trip, Dan? What, what do you know, and why wasn't I invited? So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, obvious reasons. Uh, you're wearing a tweed blazer, so that automatically uh, excluded you from a trip that's inspired by the Grateful Dead. Um, <laughs> I mean, it seems like literally the point of this trip is to bring a keg of spotted cow to a bunch of North Carolina FC fans who wanted to go see turbo play in Richmond, which, I mean, kind of encapsulates, I think, what Forward Madison is almost, like, all about. Like, it's completely insane and ridiculous, and at the same time makes, like, perfect sense, and already there's people from all over the country liking the video, commenting about it, fans from North Carolina already jacked up. Sounds like there's going to be possibly 50 away fans at Richmond's game, which, Again, that's probably more than most teams are getting in their home supporter section. So um, I think this one is uh, a pretty good encapsulation of uh, hashtag full mingo. Uh, very obviously, kind of kind of nuts how this quickly it came together. And you know, you you are from New York. Did you ever get the request like I did that I bring Spotted Cow back? <laughs> uh, I did not. Because nobody there, like people I know, don't yeah. really know about it. I do know that there was a bar in New York City that was serving it for yeah. a while. And it was got a Wisconsin-themed bust- bar. Yeah, yeah, and they got uh, busted. I think it was and, the, like, the, the, the great uh, Kettle of Fish, which I was a that, great yeah. Packer yeah. bar on the Lower East Side. Gabe something, the guy who went yeah. to school here. Yeah, he's yeah. got all those restaurants. But yeah, they were serving Spot Account. I think it got a little too popular, and they shut it down because you can't be selling beer that isn't distributed from uh, a middleman. We've covered a lot about uh, capitalism on the show. I mean, like uh, all the middlemen that exist in the world, uh, gambling, beer distributors, you know, it's good stuff. We're we're really raging against, uh, you know, the man and following in the, in the wake of, uh, you know, the Che Guevara of, of, of uh, U.S. soccer, I think, in that sense. Peter Wilt with the boa and the two-by-four at Rabinia is a sight I will never forget. And, I, I mean... And telling us the fact that, uh, you know, the reason he got pulled off of uh, wristband duty was because a French guy named Lautrec came up, put the band on, and apparently Lautrec said to him, too loose, too loose. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that is the worst joke we've had so far. Uh, shout out to Peter Wilt, who we're hoping to get, now that he has a functioning BlackBerry, he's going to be contributing a minute in the mind of Peter Wilt to us. We did not just, know that. Peter Wilt, yeah. the only user of a BlackBerry in the world. Both tactile and screen functions, he's moving forward. It's amazing. Uh, so before uh, we get to anything else, uh, anything else that you're looking at big picture-wise, uh, no, really looking forward to this trip this weekend. It's going to be ridiculous. Um, hoping to do some 
on the uh, on the street interviews. So uh, keep an eye out on the uh, Twitter page and Facebook page. Maybe some Facebook Live. Maybe some interviews. Maybe some other ridiculous stuff that's going to happen along the way in locations I cannot disclose. Uh, I am hoping to meet the Hatfields and McCoys. I will say that. Hint. Moving on. <laughs> so let's let me. We're going to turn to the match here, and we're really happy to have Elizabeth here, who has copious notes as well. She it's her first appearance on the pod, and she's already more professional than you and I, Dan. True. Uh, but we we want to get our literary references out of the way. So as I was watching that match Sunday night, I thought of uh, Rambo's Une <laughs> saison uh, en enfer, or the French translation of uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Une nuit en enfer, uh, a night in hell. I did not enjoy that match, did not enjoy rewatching it, and it was perhaps the, the, the 1 1 draw was the first time I left Bree Stevens agitated after a match. Usually the flock end, it's just so much fun, win or lose. You know, you want them to win, but I, I, it, that one ground my gears to use it. <laughs> And Andy Rooney. I've always yeah. Andy Rooney. Like, yeah. You know what really grinds my ears? <laughs> uh, tying the ibis. Uh, yeah, it was... I thought your book was going to translate into shit sandwich because... Um, yeah, it that was... That was the first thing I said to Neil today. <laughs> I mean, you know, on the face of it, decent result. All the other results, again, went our way. Um, tough right out of the gate with uh, Carter Manley and Wyatt Elmsburg not being there. Um, off playing an incredibly important friendly in Minneapolis. Um, thank you, U.S. Soccer, for not. Well, actually, that wasn't even that was a friendly. Like it wasn't even a league match. Which uh, you know we can get into that. But again, you know, there's a lot of positives to the relationship with Minnesota United. This is one time where you're thinking, man, it would have been nice to have those guys there. Um, so right off the bat, you're changing up basically three of your back four because moved Pato from left back over to right back, new center back, new left back. First 10, 15 minutes were rough. A um, lot of unforced turnovers. Um, Louis Bennett playing in the six took a little bit of time to get into the match. Uh, a couple of bad turnovers. Um, yeah, it was it was a really, really tough opening segment to the game, I would well, say. Well, and Elizabeth, you said, you, you know, I asked you for your man of the match, and I think he really shined in those first 15 minutes. Yeah, Brian did absolutely excellent with guarding our goal, but I don't know. I just felt the whole match that there was just something missing. Like I, I was wanting something to happen, and then it never did. That first goal was awesome, but... I don't know. It just, I left feeling unsatisfied, which Bree Stevens has yet to do that to me. So it's kind of like you're on like, I don't know, the fourth or fifth date and it's going pretty well so far. And then you're like, oh, I really, maybe I need to think about it for a few days. Wow. Ouch. I that, know. That's, that's a harsh criticism. It's you know. kind, it is harsh, but... I mean, I, I pressed so hard that we really needed to come out strong with these next few matches in order to retain that playoff position. And I think that if we played the way that we did this past match, I don't know. I'm not sure. But Well, and I think uh, you know what we saw is after that 15 to 20 minutes, we had a good stretch of 20, 25 minutes. We started stepping on it a little bit more. We, we got a chance and a goal, and Dan, I thought, 
really a well-worked goal, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, starts off a goal kick, play it out of the back. Um, I mean, that's exactly what we want to see. Little ball out of the back. JC drops all the way back in. I think he played two little connecting passes to move it up the field. Ball gets played wide to Paulo. Great switch of field all the way across uh, to Pato, I believe. JC continued his run, which you can't see off screen, is that is that uh, Paulo obviously just got on his bike and immediately went towards the 18. And that is, I mean, as good a pass as you're going to see. I mean, the ball coming at you from your right and then spinning it back the way JC did, that's a, that's a top-class assist anywhere. And, um, you know, credit to both him and Paulo for being involved in multiple parts of the buildup. Yeah, the way the way the goal happened was was great. It's great to see as a coaching staff uh, when you can get a build up like that and it builds into a chance like that. And you kind of saw a couple plays earlier in the match when Paulo was kind of ghosting off of the center back shoulders. And we kind of had a few balls going right to left that just didn't work out um, for a couple timing issues and spacing things. And then JC's a guy that can pick out passes like that. Um, and as one of our eight slash tens, that's the kind of production you need. And we got that goal. We finally got a first goal. We got a goal in the first half, mm-hmm. which we haven't had in so long. And when that happens, there was a little, I think, sense of relief from the players. Um, and I think we kind of took our gas off the or our foot off the gas a little bit after that, which yep. really shouldn't do in these moments in these last five games heading into it. But to our credit, we got in the half one nil and to be up at half against that team with the points we needed, there wasn't, that's that's a good thing. It's a positive. Our pass accuracy was never off this match. Like, I feel like our pass accuracy was fantastic this match. I mean, we, we did quite a bit better than I feel like we've been doing in the past when it comes to actually passing the ball long distances and being accurate. And then, you know, so moved into the second half, I think we, Speaking to that, I don't uh, want to talk about that. <laughs> we <have laughs> Can we to. move on? We have to do it. Um, it, it. People, I never get to the fourth or fifth date. Usually, that's what the woman says after the first date. I don't want to talk about that, Keith. Uh, so, but in the in the second half, actually, what a uncharted what, territory here. Yeah. Keith Bonnie was <laughs> yeah. fourth or fifth date. What's that? Uh, what what we got into though is some of those long out, outlet balls, Elizabeth. We're being played out to Paulo Junior, who we wanted to have the ball and was springing the counterattack. But back to your your point, we never saw anything come from it. Right. Yeah, and I thought I I thought there were trying not to. I I want to be nice. Love my mingos. I felt there were some anonymous performances out of there from guys who've stepped up in other games. That Josie L and Don, you know, never really got themselves into the game. Danny, I thought, had a rough first half, wasn't getting a whole lot of service. A little bit better in the second half, definitely checking to the ball, keep holding the ball up, and we just kind of needed to keep keep possession and keep the game moving. Um, but never really, he never really had a, a kind of a clear-cut look at goal. Um, yeah, and it just kind of was one of those games where, yeah, like you're feeling like we don't give up a lot of goals. We're up 1-0 at half. This could be a professional performance. Just like keep seeing it out. And then, you know, I felt like uh, after the 70th minute, all of a sudden they, they had a bunch of chances and then and then the goal came. They definitely had the run of play coming into that 70th minute. So do you want to say anything, Elizabeth, about the goal or, or just plug your ears for the next couple of minutes? <laughs> so, I mean, they took a shot and it was fair. You know, it was... It shouldn't have happened. I don't think we ever should have gotten to the point where they had the opportunity to take that chance. 
because I feel like we were we were kind of leaving ourselves undefended at that point. And I actually didn't even see the goal until I watched it on replay at home. And I barely even knew that we scored one until like <laughs> a f- or uh, they, that they scored one. I'm sorry. Until a few minutes later, um, just because I feel like even in flock end and I don't know if if you guys we're feeling this too, or if anyone else was feeling this too, but I feel like out in flock end, we had lower energy in that second half and our contribution. I feel like we could have done a little bit more. Um, we were really, really trying to get the crowd amped up in that second half, but I mean, it got really hard after that, that goal was scored. I think we all were kind of just like, okay, this uh, isn't happening. Elizabeth clearly doesn't know the motto of this pod is we don't take responsibility <laughs> for anything here, uh, including the things we say. But I, I would agree that, you know, the energy came down. Uh, I thought it was a well-worked goal. But like you said, they had a lot of space to play with. Yeah, that was going to be my question to Neil. Like I, I'm like picturing in my head listening to Alan Shearer on Match of the Day, always complaining about not closing players down. Look how much spice he's got. Look how much space. But you look back and it, the ball is just getting moved around. Is that a are, generic English accent? Yeah, that was not Shearer. I can't, I, can't do, uh, yeah. I can't do a northern, uh, that, that kind of conglomeration of England, Scotland, Newcastle. Um, I do have more hair than Alan Shearer, so... <laughs> Buko to me, <laughs> uh, but be, th- we didn't close the ball down. We kind of, mm-hmm. ha- you know, kind of half, you know, keeping everybody in front of us. But then all of a sudden it was like bang, bang, bang. So I don't know if, if that's something you guys identified. Yeah, as the as the second half went on, as you guys noticed, it was it was a bit stretched, um, and that kind of will go hand in hand with with having a few new guys in the lineup and just the mentality of the one nil score line is you have as a staff you have full belief in your players that you can mm-hmm. maintain that and go out and win one nil but at the same time there's there's this onus on the game to let's go out and get the second goal and as players when you're out there doing that trying to push for it you kind of get stretched in a few areas and I think that's what kind of led to that their goal um got there late to a few balls and was just a bit reactionary to the the whole play and then to be fair to to their 10 Micheletto he he worked some magic one two to a couple guys had some great movement and then Anytime you put a shot on goal, it's going to be dangerous. And it, it wouldn't be a, a forward Madison game without a little bit of refereeing controversy. <laughs> we don't want to beat this particular dead horse. Uh, I think that was the Schrodinger's cat of, of goals. We're never going to know whether it was in or out. It's like the, the Schrodinger's 19- dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like the 1966 you know, World Cup final. We'll never know for sure. I can't believe we just lost all of our cat listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Our cat fan listeners have all just turned us off. (laughs) And so, you know, you're never going to know. But I thought, you know, the one thing that everybody kind of observed was eh, maybe the linesman wasn't in position to make that call. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say that ball was not over the line. That would be completely disingenuous. I know a couple people, uh, uh, Mike Terry, who's a photographer, posted somewhere on online that he was kind of in line with the goal. He thought it was in. And I think your point is is a valid one, Keith. I looked over at the linesman as soon as I saw kind of Brian scoop Mm -hmm. it back out. I didn't think he was in position. You're taught as a ref, you got to be able to be 100% sure that that ball's over the line. That would be the only issue I would take with that goal. Um, Overall, I thought the ref had a good game. I, I, I... Watching it back, I know there's a lot of like, you know, there were some sore feelings after the match, but I, I thought she did a fantastic job. She let she let the game flow. 
Um, there were a lot of heavy tackles, but I think it was clear she was letting that go. I think my only before we got on onto the pod today, I joked around about uh, is it Dennis, the big, yep. the big blonde attacking player. I've never seen a game where a guy has lost two tackles gone down and the game has been stopped twice within quick succession you could argue that perhaps eric leonard's was a foul but it was just very interesting to see a game see somebody win a tackle she blows the whistle and it was twice that it wasn't a foul she was just letting him get uh get treatment for his injury um but overall i thought she had a great game and it's a tough goal to give up yeah so uh we'll return a little bit to the questions of the playoffs uh but up front, we teased road trips, and so we're going to dive into America like Simon and Garfunkel now with Neil Havati. Yes. Uh, because uh, three of our last four are on the road. There's the big eruption tour happening. There's also the big bus trip that we should plug again. I think they're coming up on two buses. Wow. And that they will, I think, take your, take your reservations for the, the final bus trip yeah. still. Yeah, so make sure you get on there. I, I can officially announce today I am going on the Lansing trip. How many to- numbers are they at currently? I think the last number that I saw is that we were like 20 into the second bus, but don't quote me on that. So that'd be so a total of? That would be 70. 70, roughly. So far. But That's we need a lot to of fill the second for bus. Lansing Ignite. and i've been looking at some of lansing's like actual gear on their website and i gotta say they're kind of ahead of us in like ladies gear they're nice ladies shirts and i'm not taking any offense to that i don't create the (laughs) (laughs) Uh, though you do have a a fashion side i do this is correct i actually sold a piece to our wonderful producer hannah before the show there was commerce going on before we got on the pod do do some vintage reselling um some sneakers mostly nike um you can check out my post mark page hilavity bud four it will soon be called mustache thrift um and we heard uh the other night we learned that turbo used to be neil's heavy in he would travel <laughs> shady sneaker deals that they would do oh, in, suburban, in suburban Minneapolis. Uh, so you've been involved in, in lower division soccer here in the United States for quite a while as a player, as, a, as an assistant coach now. What's the, the biggest difference in, in the road trips? Yeah, it's, I'd say just the professionalism all, all around. Um, the league is, is way higher. There's certain standards that must be met via USL League One, which I think is great, um, standardizes how you treat the players in a certain regard, and that's good for getting good players in the league, getting international players in when, when they arrive, and it makes it easier on their transition, um, such as back in the day, you, you fly in, if you flew in, um, you got four minivans. Now at the airport, we have a coach bus waiting for us, which is, which is very professional. And you go to the hotel, and there's a, a catered meal waiting for you at the hotel as opposed to receiving $14 in dinner per diem. And a lot of the guys going to fast food restaurants to make their dollars go further. Um, so dietary, we're, we're way ahead of where we were. Yeah. Um, and then as a coach now, I get to sit at the front of the bus, <laughs> which is always nice. Um, Who controls the music on the, uh, on the forward Madison well, bus? Actually, this was something Peter Wilt said. There's no music. There's nothing common because everybody has their phone, right? Yeah, all the dudes are on their, their earbuds, their, okay. their noise-canceling headphones. No okay. one's... No social interaction whatsoever. There's, there's a little bit on the longer ones. We only bus, we only take a bus to Lansing. Every other trip is a flight. So there's there's a heavy amount of card playing on that trip. Okay. 
um, which lasts the entire trip usually that Daryl and I also get in. Is this uh, like uh, poker and, and hearts? It's, uh, a, it's a game called uh, 12, okay. almost similar, not really similar to spades, but kind of a little okay. difficult to understand, but it's a, a lengthy game and it, you play for as long as you want. As we learned as well from the Behind the Feathers podcast, apparently Eric Leonard and uh, you uh, listen Brandon to their Eaton. podcast. I, I did. They, wow. Yeah, Brandon Eaton. Go. I off draw the line Yo- somewhere. Yu Gi Oh. You have, have standards. Yeah. I have. <laughs> I have standards. I, I'm trying to support you know my my Polish brother, even though again at the end of this podcast we're going to have to talk about some of my issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not the ones that I talk about with my my therapist, um, but. One of the things as well is you, you told some fun stories about uh, your time in uh, a certain mid-Atlantic state, uh, traveling around in, in buses, where uh, basically they, they put you in two conversion vans, right? Yeah, the, the 15-passenger 15, 15 van was a popular selection from Enterprise <laughs> back in my Cleveland City Stars days. For those of you who the don't Cleve. know, Cleveland City Stars was my first professional club. They no longer exist, like many of the professional clubs mm-hmm. I once played for. <laughs> Through no fault of your yeah. own. Absolutely. Correlation not. does not equal causation. One of my first professional soccer games, actually my second professional soccer team I ever saw was the Cleveland Crunch. Wow, Hector Marinara. Uh, Kai Hoskovy. Okay. Uh, this would have been like 1986. My first was my Can- the Canton Invaders. Wow. Kia. Kia yeah. was my, my soccer god as a kid. You go on, Neil. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that the Cleveland the Cleveland Crunch is a shout. I went to many um, Chicago Power games yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Had a, had my eighth birthday party there. Um, had a dribbling contest at half field. The only female I invited to my party beat me. <laughs> she was a pretty good soccer player. Yeah, what was amazing is like I was living in Canton, and there were two separate leagues. Oh yeah, the Invaders yeah. played in one league, and Cleveland played in another league. I mean. This, there were dueling leagues even back then in indoor soccer. American soccer has always had its stuff together. Oh my gosh! From the very beginning. <laughs> Just an or- so you thanks take, to Peter Wilt. Yeah, you 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 take two fifteen person vans and uh, drive off. And what was the longest drive you guys faced? Longest one. Wow. There was one back in my early Minnesota days, twenty ten, where you would fly into Portland not to play a match, bus to Vancouver in a 15-passenger van, play a match in Vancouver, bus back down to Portland to play 48 hours later. Fun times. <laughs> Recovery, not a lot of room in the van. You're traveling yeah. with, with 20 people. And Where did the masseuse put their table? Yeah, that was when the assistant coach was the masseuse, the <laughs> kit man, the team admin, the photographer. Did the social media... Did that exist? Was it Cuba? <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. 19-year-old Cuba. He was a prodigy. <laughs> last year was Magic a, hands. Last year had a tough bus trip to from Richmond to Cincinnati. It was a good 11 hours. <sighs> Through some, some mountainous terrain as well. Yes. We had a sleeper bus, so you'd like to say the conditions were fair. But um, if you've ever been on a sleeper bus, it's much like early military barracks, I would say. I don't even know what a sleeper bus about is. About a foot of headspace above you, about six inches, not even, there's no, there's no inches ab- <laughs> above your head and your feet. And you got guys playing FIFA the entire road trip. I'm like, guys, just trying to sleep here. Shut down the video games. I feel like I'm a 72-year-old father. <laughs> How far in advance are you showing up before kickoff? 
I think we got into Cincinnati at about uh, we got in the day before, but we got in about nine p.m. Okay, and then you leave right after the match. And is this against FC Cincinnati? Oh yeah. Is this about when you started realizing? We took a shellacking that night. <laughs> is this when you started realizing that maybe your body was no longer equipped to handle? Uh, Especially when the coach decided not to play me the entire match, and I just took a bus trip to take a bus trip. <laughs> that was a fun one. That's what I'm doing this weekend, Neil. What are you trying to say? Yeah, but at least you got to drink beer and have fun in the stands. Oh, I'm going to have some claws. Yeah. What flavor? I don't even know. I've never have you ever it. mixed? No. This, is th- oh, this you actually told us at the Argus Athletic Club, is your new drink of choice, right? And Elizabeth, you're a, you're a fan of the claw, so what? It is, it's a mix, right? It's... White Claw and tequila. On ice. That sounds terrifying (laughs) and fun at the same time. A lot of ice, full pint glass. Take one sip of the White Claw before White Claw enters said glass, so there's less White Claw in the glass. A lot of ice, single shot of tequila. Most likely rail. I mean... (laughs) Montezuma. They serve it at Essendon Okay. <laughs> I'm going to wait until the new Four loco seltzer comes out before I really dive headlong into the seltzer craze. I'm really enjoying the 14% that they're, uh, that they're advertising. That seems like a great idea. So we're going to return to more of Neil's road trip stories as we go forward. I feel forth. like we just uh, got moved to a different uh, topic here <laughs> by Papa Keith. <laughs> so Somebody has to show up and be the adult in the room and... Honestly, we're in bar. real trouble if I'm the That's adult in the room. Bar. Where's Hannah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, good reminder before we, we talk to uh, Elizabeth here about today and forward Madison history. Uh, we are on the corner of Monroe and Glenway. There's no home match this weekend, so good chance to check out the Monroe uh, Street Festival hosted by the Monroe Street Merchants Association. Ooh. And then Sunday, after you go and, and watch... The watch party, if you're not on the bus, like me, <laughs> not uh, invited. really recommend going to check out uh, Hannah's band Labrador, the official sad bitch music of the Forwards Backwards podcast at the Willie Street uh, Festival. I think it's the longest running festival of its kind in the country. Uh, they are playing at the Tone Madison stage on Sunday afternoon. And so uh, good songs about tell me about your dad always go well with a you know self-loathing sunday hangover so recommend that so elizabeth what were whoa, you whoa, doing wait, what, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. what did i skip over we have not heard about neil's tavern of the week that's true thank you for mentioning that dan <laughs> that's sorry great. elizabeth we just had one more piece no of business i want to with... know what this tavern of the week is tavern of the week was attended yesterday Ooh. first time Going in Sunday, and it's been like that, and it's been put on the list of places I will definitely return. Not going to say the name of it yet. First generation touch tunes, check. Pool table, check. Dartboard, check. Bartender, very old, check. Place smells like cigarettes, perfect. This sounds east side to me. It's far east side. It was outside of my general zone. Did not bike there. Don't worry, I've only had one beverage. I was smart. Yeah, yeah. It was a Jameson Ginger. I don't know how to pronounce the name of the pub officially. B-U-S-S-E-E, Bussy's Bar. Yeah. Been sure. there? Uh, never been. Know where it is. Up on Sherman Ave, right? Yes. On the way out to the, to the Mallard Stadium. Phenomenal little spot. Yeah. Holds about 16 people at the bar. Highlight of the evening. 
Steel Panther playing on the touch tunes, 14 women singing the weenie song in unison <laughs> the entire time, then chanting to get the weenie song put on replay the entire evening. Oh, man. Was this queued up from your touch tunes app? I played a little Crosby, Stills, and Nash okay. after the first one, played Ohio. They weren't having it. So huh. I didn't get back on the touch tunes, even though I got free credits that evening. Interesting. Nixon supporters, apparently. <laughs> so they said. <laughs> Just upset about Kent State's performance, yeah. So now, too now. Final. Too soon. That, that was worth it. Uh, now, I think, uh, thank you, Neil, from, uh, uh, for that. And Most thank you of our hearts. It yeah. sounded like you were going to give him a very good thank you. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Neil. Here's your participation trophy. Should I leave uh, now? <laughs> Please don't. Uh, Dan, no, thank you for saving me from myself there, Dan. Uh, did want to get into, though, uh, today in Forward Madison History with our guest, uh, Elizabeth Riley, who writes the intentionally misnamed Offsides blog. And uh, basically, we want to know, what were you doing on this day in Forwards Madison history? So nothing Forward Madison related today exactly. I actually went on to like, I don't think it's called Time Hop anymore or whatever it is on your Facebook that shows you all your memories. And I systematically go in every day and delete all of them <laughs> before moving on to my next day. I don't want to remember anything that happened before like last year. But um, basically, I was just working and attending classes. And I actually, my boyfriend and I got together around this time last year. So never... Fourth ex- or fifth date was <laughs> it, about this time. It was, it was actually really the first. <laughs> <Okay>. But <laughs> uh, never expected for him to get into soccer at all. Um, just because the, the previous relationship that I was in was when I bought my season ticket and I say ticket as in singular, as in I'm going to go to these games alone. And so actually probably around this time last year was when I had bought my season ticket, I want to say. Um, and then in preparation, just moving forward with my new relationship and introducing my boyfriend who does not care about soccer or did not care about soccer at all all um to forward madison and just kind of this thing that had started and and was gaining a lot of attention and ground in the community and he's a wisconsin boy so i mean he grew up in the state i absolutely did not um i actually grew up in florida originally but um you said your wife asked about glee yeah peru ohio or Lima, 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 Lima. So sorry. I'm convinced that every state in the U.S. has cities named after other cities, but True. they're all pronounced incorrectly. Correct. So like Lima in Ohio is Lima. Yep. And also in Ohio, there's Cairo. Cairo? Yep. Yep. I was born in Valparaiso, Indiana. Oh. They actually pronounce it correctly, but. Yeah. My okay. favorite I saw today here in Wisconsin is Prairie du Chien. <laughs> As a French professor, that one, you know, hurts my molars. How do you actually say that? Prairie du chien. Oh, okay, I'm not even going to try. And my accent is out of practice, so I apologize to uh, Keith is out our of listeners. Practice. Yeah. And out of order. Our, our um, French-speaking listeners. I have a question. Yes. So your boyfriend? Yes. Not into soccer? Like, what, like, what do you, like, you know, because this is kind of the thing... I think about Forward Madison as it's kind of attracted people to it that maybe 
never watched soccer before, very casual fan. So, like, what is there anything like that really hooked him, or he was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm in on this." I think, <laughs> I think in the beginning it was more about impressing me not supportive, to have a big head on my boyfriend. shoulders. Yeah, he's super supportive. I think every um, person's nightmare scenario is to walk in on their significant other participating in things that they should not be participating in. <laughs> Whereas I walked in on my boyfriend one day binge watching old Man United games. Yes, and, I well, like him. Ooh. I like and, him a lot. Right well, now. even like Arsenal and stuff, just anything Premier League that he could get his hands on or like old World Cup matches just to try to learn how to watch soccer before going to our first game. So I was very impressed that he was willing to put forth that effort. And he has kind of been my cheerleader for being for Madison's cheerleader ever since. So it's been pretty great. And it's nice to have someone who actually will come to games with me and not, you know, just sit at home and do nothing all day. That's awesome. Yeah, we 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 cringed a little bit at the beginning of that with the you know, United reference, but we love you, Andrew Schmidt. We, we moved forward, <laughs> you know, we, and we overcame it. I'm a recovering Chelsea fan. So, I mean, and I'm kind of lapsing and kind of going back into them at this point. Um, but uh, you're Flamingo all the time. I absolutely 100%. My blood runs pink and blue. And so, so what, and so what's up with the, the Columbus crew connection? Um, I saw that in your bio. That's kind of how you got into soccer. So how did that all come about? So originally, um, like I said, I'm from Florida. So soccer was a pretty prominent thing. I actually played soccer for about half a season when I was like eight years old and got hit in the ear with a ball and cried my way home and didn't ever want to play again. That's why Keith stopped playing at the University of Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> but I, um, I just fell in love with it after betting money against someone who decided that they wanted to try to humiliate me in front of their friends. And I ended up winning uh, about $1,500 on that first World Cup game by guessing the Germany-Brazil score. High like, five exactly on that correct. one, yeah. It was, it was a pretty... Wait, the ger- like the seven... It was like three, two. It was the first match oh, okay. of the World Cup. Oh, okay, okay. A few, yeah. like a couple World Cups ago. Okay, now. okay. Not the big. The, no, not the, <laughs> not the not the, not the not one that almost ended Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I think that would have been one. Like if she had bet on that one and got the seven-one right, like you retire. Yeah, you retire. You're, Basically, you're yeah. the face of the sports <laughs> books in England. The the negative face. I think that was a that was a beating and a half so uh you know we can talk a little bit of m- more about your kind of role in the co- uh in the in the flock because i think you've served as a capo for the mingo ladies yeah. and actually as well one of the the kind of interesting things about your story and something that you bring up in your blog is you know you're a woman introducing your boyfriend to soccer which is a, an inversion and so how has it been being, you know, um, you, I think in a, in a post somewhere you referred to it as a very male-oriented culture. How has it been as a woman in the, in the flock end? Have you felt included? Is, are there things other than better merchandising that <laughs> can be done to, to welcome more women? I think absolutely. Um, I, I, first of all, I have definitely felt incredibly welcome among everybody, whether it's, you know, people from the actual club themselves, as well as just everyone in Flock End. And 
it has been a roller coaster of an experience so far in in the best way possible. Um, and being a woman and supporting not only the sport, but a team that is just all about the community and a team that's all about being inclusive to as many different kinds of people as possible, I think has helped when it comes to trying to not survive in in supporters sections across the nation for women, um, but to really thrive and to kind of say, hey, you know, we're here. We like this sport, too. Um, I know that there have been tons of of articles that I've looked at in the past few or few years or so um, just about supporters over in England and, you know, down in our friends in South America where it's not as friendly and it's not as welcoming to women who, who want to be into this sport. Um, and it's looked at as if, if you don't know your stuff and you don't know what you're talking about, I mean, get out is really kind of the image that a lot of supporter sections have kind of portrayed, um, which was actually kind of one thing that I, I didn't like so much, um, you know, whenever I would go over to Nordeca at a uh, Columbus crew is cause I kind of felt sometimes like I didn't really belong. So, but over time, you know, I think once you get acclimated to the sport itself, I think that as a woman, you can really kind of step up for your gender and say, Hey, you know, we're here too. So. Any other questions, Dan? So still a Columbus crew fan. And I gotta say, <laughs> I, they hold like this little special place in my heart because um, never been a supporter of the club, but like the first American team to have like a soccer specific stadium, right. what happened last year with them, like mm-hmm. saving the club, like, you know, I get a little jaded about American soccer, particularly after uh, Friday night's match uh, against Mexico. And they just seem like a club. You just like, that one. I'm going to stick to the no outside league. Yeah. Um, uh, they Thank just you. seem like a club that you want to root for uh, in a city that like made a bet on them early mm-hmm. and have this incredible support. I was there last year when the, all the stuff was going on with them moving and the amount of people who had signs up in their yard was just phenomenal. So I'm just curious a little bit more about your love for the crew or has that kind of dwindled now that you have the Mingos in your life? It's dwindled over time, but only just because of distance. Sure, sure. And I, I really did love going into the, the supporter section over at the crew. That's really what kind of primed me for being in a supporter section like flock ends where it's active, you're up, you know, the whole first 45 minutes, the whole second 45 minutes. If you maybe take a pee break in between (laughs) then great. But if not, you're just going to sweat it out anyways. So, but I mean, Nordeca was always a really fun place because they had that atmosphere of like, get up, get involved, scream and yell the whole time. You know, we want it loud and they kept it loud there. Um, I, I do occasionally. I'll I'll check their scores. I don't follow MLS as much as I probably should, um, but I'll occasionally. They're they're in my favorites on the One Football app for sure. Awesome. So two more. I have two questions. Oh boy, favorite song in the flock. Hmm. There are so many good ones. I really do um, like our rendition of uh, "Something Tells Me I'm Into Something Good." Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Um, Dan and I hit the high harmonies on that one. Yeah, it's, we do. It's beautiful. <laughs> Put our fingers in our ears. Yeah, I was going to say, are you guys up there just like, mm-hmm. 
it, we stand in <laughs> kind of next to the one capo stand, and so yeah, no one so can that hear nobody us. can hear us sing. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the the best. I think I'm. That's why I'm sometimes so hesitant to take the microphone because I or the megaphone because I'm just like, uh, does everybody really want to hear this? Probably not. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. Yeah. But no, I, I would have to say that one's probably up there, and then um, just Oh Madison. It's yeah. two words, not hard. So it's a good one. It, anybody can handle it. And it the second is, thing was, what's the just making sure that what's the address for the blog? Oh, it is right now. It is offsides.home.blog. Um, that could potentially be changing coming up in the future. Just um, if I actually decide to go ahead and purchase a domain, sure, sure. <laughs> it's always an investment and it's always kind of a toss up. But yeah, it's right now it's offsides with the S dot home dot blog. We've spent and millions of Keith's money on this podcast. Indeed, as you can <laughs> tell. Uh, and one of the great things on on your blog that you do is run through the playoff math. And so, you know, I check that. I, I try not to get too invested in the playoff math. Uh, I try to be a live one game at a time. But unlike Dan and I, you can do math and <laughs> lay out the Barely. complicated the complicated situations that, that face forward going into the the home stretch and actually very quickly because we didn't talk to neil about this earlier maybe a little thoughts about the match this weekend obviously a big one a team we have played i think 56 times in the last two weeks if i is that math correct that sounds about right it feels like it yeah so richmond kickers in richmond team neil knows very well uh we got to win yeah richmond away and they are they're hot they've won five of seven they're they're digging into form. They're on yep. twenty eight points, so there's there's belief that they have a chance, which they do with the amount of games they have in hand. Yeah, I was gonna Ma- say they have two games in hand on us, or two, I believe. Yeah, they, yeah, mathematically, yeah. there's it's all there for them to play for. So as a as a as a player, there you're like, yeah, go win another game. And when you look at it, playing us, it's a team they've beaten before, so they know they could beat us, and they're at home, so they're probably feeling pretty good. They put out the same roster or the same lineup two weeks in a row. Um, they have three, a five, two. player personnel, and they play the same formation. Okay. Are they back to the 3-5-2? Yes. So all the suspensions are resolved, and there's no the trickery. The cheaters are back. The trickery Chicanery. has ended. <laughs> yeah. We won't get fooled again, as Ooh. the song goes. Uh, Sunday night at Alpine Valley, you yeah. could have caught that live. Damn. I think yeah. The Who probably played with The Grateful Dead at some point. Ooh. Had to. Yeah. I think so... Uh, so now we got to get into my running, ongoing beef with the other Behind the Feathers podcast. And I listen because know thy enemy, Dan. Know thy enemy. And uh, I just want to say, we got no mention on that podcast. And we've None. mentioned him. And we're really just talking about one person. Oh, he knows who he, he is. He knows who he is. Yeah. talking about uh, Tuba. Tuba. Yeah. Although his sidekick... I don't know what to ride with Shushesteniak. His sidekick did come up to me like we're best buds, and you know they're gonna, we're going to let him use producer Hannah. What? Yeah. Once they The Ren to his Stimpy? Yes. Wow. Once they didn't mention us on the air, oh, you know, don't big time me, and then, and then shake my hand. So, Kuba, we're coming for you. We're coming for you. So anything else, Dan, that you want to get off your chest before we, we wrap up this week's episode of Forwards Backwards Podcast? Kuba, I'd be concerned. Keith's a, Keith's 
breathing fire over here. I am the meanest looking guy in a tweed jacket that you can imagine. But also, I'm really looking forward to spending the weekend with you on the bus, Coop. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yes, and, and uh, you know, obviously we, we love what you guys are doing at Behind the Feathers. <laughs> can I just interject with some closing thoughts yes. on, on some things I heard, but I couldn't chime in at the appropriate time? Come based, at it, Coach. Based on, based on the guests we have here today and, and kind of kind of the feeling of the flock and the majority of our supporters leaving frustrated, dissatisfied. We, we're a club that has, and this, people say this all the time, to have the best supporters in the league. Okay, we do. It's, 100%. It's hands down. And the club knows it, our staff knows it, our players know it, and we're, we're extremely thankful for that at all times. And I think when you, when you start to see a fan group that, as always, has fun every match, but then starts walking away from matches with a, with a little bitter attitude towards it, you see that our fan base is, is educated. And they're doing things like before they're going to games, your boyfriend's watching matches, so he, he knows what he's seeing. He kind of knows what's going on. And when you hear those things, it's like, okay, they're not, they're not just having a good time. Like They're into it for the soccer, too. Absolutely. Like it goes hand-in-hand hand with both of it. And, and hearing those things is, is awesome. Like it's... And this is kind of the first time we're hearing things like that. And Oh, Madison is my favorite song as well because I get to actually chant it's with so you guys. so easy. <laughs> At you that can't point, mess it up. Some of our players somehow mess it up and it's only two words, but <laughs> soccer players, anywho. But yeah, it's, it's kind of just the time for me. It was a tweet I was going to, or an Instagram uh, note I was going to put out before the game, but didn't just kind of a, a thank you to uh, the flock and our supporters one game before we have our last one. And it's a pretty good opportunity just to say thank you to all the flock out there and all the factions of the flock, Featherstone, Mingo, ladies. I can't reel all of them off. The union. K-Dog has every single T-shirt of the flock. Um, But yeah, just an immense thank you from the staff and the players for what you guys do every week. Well, thank you, Neil. And that seems as good a place as any. You're welcome, Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Long Island versus Wisconsin right there in a nutshell. Uh, But thanks for coming out every week and and doing the pod. And uh, we're going to have a live road trip update from from, for next week. Until then, we say forwards, not backwards. Upwards, not forwards. Always twirling, twirling, twirling towards freedom. And hopefully Elizabeth will join us up the hill at uh, the Village Bar, where first first round is on Dan. Sounds good.